This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 66, Submission 028. We got it made. We Got It Made aired on NBC from September 8th, 1983 to March 10th, 1984, and in first-run syndication from September 11th, 1987 to March 30th, 1988, for a total of 46 episodes. Guys, I don't know about you, but the open to this show is like peak 1980s, peak early 1980s. The graphics, the music. It reminds you of a Cars video, doesn't it? Yeah, the graphics really remind me of a Cars video like you might think. Oh, that, that's a great, great comparison. It's also Too bad a the great TV video. Oh, it's also a great video. Too bad the TV show wasn't as good as Cars videos from back in the day. No, it wasn't. Okay, so how did we got it made get made? I see what well, you did there. Oh, you did see what I did there. Well, um, I, I have no idea what the genesis is, but we have the husband and wife. Well, is it the husband and wife team of Ar Gordon Gordon Farr and Lynn Farr coming up with a comedy about a voluptuous maid and her getting a job with two New York bachelors? Yep. And it was and guess who greenlit the whole thing? Our friends, the late great Fred Silverman. He was, this was basically the, uh, in the portion of the, uh, Fred Silverman timeline where he was spiraling from past installments, Super Train and Pink Lady and Jeff. And Love Sydney. And Love Sydney. But before he'd strike gold with Matt Locken in the heat of the night. Yeah. And who would those two crazy bachelors be that you mentioned? Uh, uh, well, one would be Tom Ballard, who, who we lovingly refer to around here as America's ass. Hold up. No, 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 my, no Chico. You, correction. America's ass from 1983. America's ass from 1983, indeed. Um, he was... He was... He's basically a theater-trained actor, and he was into musical theater, and he had a happening block of seagulls haircut, and he was perfect for the lovable goofball Jay Bostwick. Unfortunately, he passed on in the... I want to say it was 1994? Yeah, that sounds okay. about right. And he'd certainly dressed the part. Oh my gosh, he was... Zanily dressed, and if zanily isn't a word, darn it, I'm going to make it a word. He dressed in a very zany manner. He was uh, he was zany, very fitting for America's ass from 1983. And, and yes, Tom Villard did pass in 1994, uh, five days before his 41st birthday. Playing his comedic foil, of course, would be straight-laced attorney, straight-laced conservative attorney David Tucker, played in, by Matt McCoy, who would you would later see on commercials for the Hartford. 
Well, but besides that, where else uh, would you see him? Well, he was Lloyd Braun on Seinfeld. That's the answer. Thank you. What are you best known for? I mean, aside from Police Academy 5 and 6, obviously. Obviously. It's not Police Academy 4, let me tell you. But yeah, like Tom Ballard before him, Matt McCoy was also on an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, so... What?! Yep. Oh my god, I did not know this. Oh jeez, now I gotta find this episode. I'll tell you right now, he played Devin Oni Rye in the, epi- in the season 3 episode, The Price. Ooh. And he is also in... Future installment, Archie to Riverdale and back again, playing Robert Miller. Uh, I have no idea who Robert Miller is. I, I've read all sorts of Archies as a kid, and I do not remember that character. But anyway. Hey, hey, no Louis Reinhardt, no go for me. Is that the second reference to that series in the last two weeks? Yes, yes. sir, it is. Oh, my gosh. We like Riverdale. Sue us. But yeah, you have your conservative lawyer, your your uh, free range free range godabout. So who would be the uh, medi- the happy medium of these two? Enter Mickey McKenzie, a girl who just took out an ad to be a housekeeper. Or looked at an ad to be for a housekeeper. Yeah, she looked at thought, an ad that. Yeah, she looked at an ad that they put out. So, in fact, she is the first, the last, and the only applicant for the job. In fact, David and Jay are so taken by her that they immediately hire her because although David may be conservative and Jay may be a slacker. They're both New York bachelors. Yep. Oh, we forgot to mention, Mickey McKenzie was played by a young actress named Terry Copley. I believe she was... Yeah, she was 22 at this time. And of course, she would later be in future installments, I Had Three Wives. What the hell is that? I had three wives. That's the name of the show. I had three wives. <laughs> That's between season one and season two of We've Got It Made. Uh, we Got It Made. My brain is going to try to correct that um, title all this episode. And for that, I apologize. Oh, you don't need thanks. to apologize because... Looking, uh, doing, again, the occasional research for the show, it is both referenced as We Got It Made and We've Got It Made. I know that the title of the show is actually We Got It Made, but doing some searching, including something I'm going to bring up a little bit later, it, it shows the title as We've Got It Made. So I'm sure it's probably a somewhat common occurrence. Uh-huh. Because, you know, grammar oh. and all that stuff. Oh, God. I just looked up the premise for I Had Three Wives. This is so stupid. Are you? This might be stupider than Blind Justice. You want to hear this? I'm listening. The series follows Los Angeles-based, eternally romantic private investigator Jackson Boldline, played by Victor Garber, who leverages the skills of his three ex-wives to help solve cases. His first wife, Mary, who has remarried and who also has custody of Jackson's 10-year-old son, Andrew, is a lawyer. Second wife, Samantha, is an actress with skills in disguise and martial arts. And his third wife, Liz, is a newspaper reporter with a number of useful contacts. And do you know who played his Victor Garber's son on I Had Three Wives? Who? David Faustino. <laughs> oh, do you know who had a recurring wall role on I Had Three Wives? Who? Luis Avalos. Oh. Installment. 
condo. Yeah, from another future installment that's going to be coming up very shortly. Well, we have a couple of female characters besides Terry Copley, and they were both the girlfriends of David and Jay. David's girlfriend was an attorney. Claudia Jones, played by Stephanie Kramer. And she left the show after 19 episodes and went on and had uh, a little more success on another NBC show, Hunter. It gave her a piece and paired her with Fred Dreyer. Yeah, she, she, that's, that's sort of like the, the, the life raft saving her. She went from a sinking ship to Hunter, which lasted quite a bit longer and was much more successful. And then Jay, his girlfriend, was a kindergarten teacher. And if this person isn't like the perfect person to play a kindergarten teacher, just so sweet and innocent, I don't know who is. Bonnie Urseth. Yeah. Yeah, she played Beth. Beth Sorensen, Jay's girlfriend. And, oh, Bonnie Urseth is just the most darling little thing. You'd just want to, like, take her and put her in your pocket. And, of course, we will be talking about Bonnie Urseth not too far in the future, right, Greg? Oh, yes. We got another entry of an episode from a certain show that features Bonnie Urseth in a guest starring role. We won't spoil it, but, yeah, it's going to be great. And we should get to that episode in October if things fall out the right way, which I don't know if they will, given the current circumstances. And there's a reason I say that we may or may not do it because of, uh, of the, uh, the, the theme yeah. of the show, but yeah, because yeah. Cause, and also we don't want to reveal what it is. So that kind of give it away. No, but I think we've talked about it in the past or at least hinted towards it. If you, if you've listened to our past shows, you, you would ha- you have some idea of what we're talking about. So those are your five particulars from We've Got It Made. We got it made. Holy cow. I'm I'm totally gonna butcher that for the rest of the uh evening here. Again, uh, as I and, said, and, e- either one works. I I've seen both. And and it was and it looked like it was going it looked like it had a lot of legs to it. At least that's what it looked like because it it started off strong, but it was never screened for critics and anybody who tells and anybody will tell you if something is not screened for critics, it means that the network does not have enough faith in it. Yes. So the critics finally got to watch it and they, uh, they know lucky very mucho. And I'll give you one such review. Uh, This is from the Chicago Sun-Times on Wednesday, August 31st of 1983. Silverman's latest effort is tasteless and dumb. And we'll go through this article. This is a a little lengthy, but it, it sort of makes the point. Fred Silverman, the man who presided over ABC's programming when it concocted Gloria Steinem's favorite shows, including Three's Company and Charlie's Angels, is the executive producer of NBC's fetid little We've Got It Made. Notice, not We Got It Made, We've Got It Made. This is one of those shows that makes a normal guy on the street start a petition to get cable into the neighborhood quick. We've Got It Made is all about an incredibly stupid and incredibly gorgeous blonde who becomes the maid for two dopey guys. In the pilot episode, Mickey the Maid, played by Terry Copley, who no doubt will have a poster ready in time for Christmas shoppers, locks herself into the bathroom and eventually crawls out of the window stark naked. Holy hijinks! When the guys, actors Matt McCoy and Tom Villard, see that, they've got to think quick. Their girlfriends will get the wrong idea. Wait, is this a penthouse letter? No, but it's pure Silverman, who has presided over some of the worst and some of the best television in the last decade. This is among the lower lights, but instead of running a network's programming department, as he did at CBS and ABC, and essentially at NBC where he was president, Silverman is now the producer, just dishing up what the programming folks want to see. NBC's promotional blurbs for the show 
a camera pans up the legs of a model in fishnet hose are, if anything, even more sexploitational than the show itself. Recent versions of the blurb stop at about the knee. Originally, they went uh, higher. This apparently is what NBC wanted to see, at least on Thursday nights. When Taxi was successful at ABC, it followed Three's Company, appearing about as unlikely as Gracie Allen and Buckminster Fuller. But that worked, and NBC will use We've Got It Made as the lead-in to the best show in television this year, Cheers. Uncharitably, to be sure, maybe the theory is that anyone lame enough to watch We've Got It Made is zapped enough not to change the channel when it's over. Even so, at NBC, where they hawk quality instead of ratings, the show is something of an embarrassment. Brandon Tartikoff, NBC Entertainment, acknowledges that in future episodes, there will be a general increase in the IQ for all the characters. As it is right now, though, it is a dangerously stupid show. But We've Got It Made is the first fall show you'll be able to put your little peepers to. It premieres at 8 p.m. September 8th, a couple of weeks before the bulk of the new season bows in. That's the bad news. The good news is that every year, some show is a sacrificial lamb, and virtually every year, that show is canceled by November. So was We Got It Made canceled by November? No. No. No, it was not. In fact, it ran the whole season. Well, actually, it ran till March, but it ran a season's worth of episodes, 22 all told. But wait, there's more. There's more? There's more, Mike! So if you remember, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, we talked about primetime starts at 7.30, and this show, We Got It Made, was part of that block, and it aired from September 11th of 1987 until March 30th of 1988. And just like Chico mentioned... Uh, there were reruns uh, up until uh, September of 1988 uh, in most of the markets that aired it. So it did get a second life with some slightly different changes. Yeah. Um, Matt McCoy was otherwise busy with Police Academy, if I'm not mistaken. So they needed a new David. So... We have John Hilner, who, I, I don't know what John Hilner was. Was John Hilner was anything? We just mentioned John Hilner within the last two or three weeks. Yeah. And I mentioned in that episode, the one thing that you may remember John Hilner for, albeit not by his face, but by his voice, is he portrayed Michigan J. Frog on a couple of episodes of Tiny Toon Adventures. Oh, yeah. Uh, John Hilner was the, vo- the first voice of the WB, wasn't he? I can't verify that, but he was at least the voice of Michigan J. Frog uh, back in 1990. And, and we uh, on the primetime at 7.30 episode, I recalled uh, one of the times I remember seeing him on Tiny Toon Adventures back in the day. John Hilner was the new David Tucker, if you will, and he even used the same name. It wasn't even a new character. They just went from Matt McCoy to John Hilner and stayed with the David Tucker character name. So it was like another two Darrens. Yep, another two. It was two Darrens and no girlfriends. Yeah, Bonnie Erseth was gone, and we talked about Stephanie Kramer. She went on to bigger and better things at Hunter. But then, like any good 80s sitcom, well, maybe not good, but like any 80s sitcom, we had neighbors. We had, oh, I'm going to butcher this name. This is a long Greek name. Max Papavasiolios. Oh, my gosh. Max Papavasiolios. Okay, that's what I figure it is. I, I didn't major in Greek. And Max Papavasiolios. Max Papaval- yeah, you can see. Max Papa. Max Papavasa, this is all staying in, by the way. Max Papavasiolios Sr. was played by Ron Karabatsos. Yes, that Ron Karabatsos. Ron Karabatsos uh, was in uh, mostly movies. He was he was on Karen Sisko 
and the J- and the Jamie Foxx show and future installment Life with Roger as Norman the Dorman. The only there's two shows and gosh these are maybe future entries if we can dig up more stuff about them. He was Frank Franconi on the 1984 TV series Dreams. And he played George Bennett on the 1985-86 TV series Our Family Honor. Ah. Uh, yeah, that Ron Caravazzos. Unfortunately, he passed in 2012. Bounding out the cast of season two... A precocious young buck by the name of Lance Wilson White, who played Max, Max, Little Max, Big Max's son. And, well, he was a teenager who always came to Mickey for advice. Yeah, I can only imagine why he'd go to Mickey for advice. And I'll stop you right there. Sometimes the jokes just write themselves. The only thing I see of worthwhileness that um, Lance Wilson White was on besides We've Got It Made in the second season, he portrayed Jesse Menlo in the series Major Dad for apparently four episodes. Other than that, everything looks like he was on one episode. He just did a guest shot. Well, Mike, like father, like son, Lance Wilson White spent his entire career being That guy from that thing. The one constant that everybody had was Mickey, because it seems like she seems to treat everybody she meets as if they they were her little kids, especially uh, David and Jay. Yeah. Well, Well, actually, she would treat the two girlfriends like they were sisters. But it seems like uh, Mickey was very was a very motherly sort. And speaking of motherly, I believe she had a very famous person play her mother. If I'm not mistaken. Yes, she did. So refresh my memory, because... Yeah, yes. Somebody who, if you're a... Big fan of the game shows back in the 70s and 80s. You know who this person is. Elaine Joyce. What? Whoa. Yeah, Elaine Joyce played Mickey's mother on this show. Well, I, okay, I could, to- I could totally see it. Oh, yeah, I, I could definitely see it as well. Hey, Chico, have you found an episode guide uh, for well, this it, series? Well, it took some doing. It took some doing, but I found an episode guide. Okay. All right, you guys ready? Here here we go. Uh, Episode one, the pilot. Two New York roommates, a preppy lawyer and a slob entrepreneur, hire a gorgeous girl as their live-in maid, causing strife with their respective girlfriends. In other words, it's a pilot. Yeah, in other words, we're setting up everything for future episodes. Yep. It's not not that hard. Yeah. But the final scene in episode one sets up episode two, which I got to be honest, guys, you, you end your pilot on a cliffhanger, really? I, like I said, Fred Silverman had a lot of high hopes for this show. Yeah, he did indeed. Speaking of episode two, here it is. Episode two, Mickey sleepwalks. A sleepwalking Mickey. Go ahead. Yeah, because at the end of the pilot, Mickey sleepwalks into Jay's bed. Yeah, how does that happen? (laughs) Uh, Sleepwalking Mickey ends up in the roommate's beds every night. Like you said, set up in in the first episode. Episode 3, The Boyfriend. Mickey's ex-boyfriend arrives, wanting to marry her. 
and Mickey asks David to pose as her fiancé. That's not a sitcom trope at all. Oh, gee, I wonder what's gonna happen, or... Yeah, I wonder wonder if Mickey is trying to make the ex-boyfriend jealous. Hmm. Maybe? Maybe just a bit. Possibly? Maybe? Possibly? Anyway. Episode 4. Mickey goes topless. Behave yourself. (laughs) Dan and Jay try to talk Mickey out of working at a nightclub featuring nude entertainment. Oh yeah, because that was yeah, because that was that was the rage back in pre-Giuliani New York. Uh, Nudie bars. Yep. You see, and going back to the review I mentioned earlier, this show seems like the total antithesis of a Cheers. Cheers is a thinking man's comedy, and this is, for uh, lack of a uh, better phrase, mindless drivel. It's TNA. It's Terry Copley's, yeah. Uh-huh. But lest we think it's all about Terry Copley, let's go to episode five. David's birthday. David, peeking at his birthday presents, thinks Mickey is planning a seduction instead of a birthday party. I thought this was supposed to be about David! Hey, Greg, on three. One, two, three. Ooh! <laughs> yeah. Going into episode six. Mickey the Shoplifter. Mickey's arrested for shoplifting as she tries to exchange a hat in a department store. Because apparently that is not a thing you can do in New York in 1983. You really can't. Episode 7. Oh, we were, we were waiting for this. Mickey's mom. Mickey's visiting mother sets her sights on David. Now imagine David and imagine Elaine Joyce. Oh, yeah. Greg, do it with me again. Do it with me. We we should just do that for like every episode for this show. Every episode should be. Yeah. It's like working with the gallery, the peanut gallery in Amadeus. Anyway. Episode eight. Mickey gets married. Part one. Part one. Mickey's on a date with an older guy. Apparently, he thinks she's hot. <laughs> Duh. We find out he's been pitching her bottom all the way home. <laughs> he proposes, she accepts, and they get hitched. Then, in true sitcom fashion, something has to go wrong. The guy has a stroke in a chair and dies. Oh my gosh, how morbid. How is this supposed to resolve itself? We find out in episode 9, Mickey Gets Married, part 2. Mickey is now in charge of her late husband's company. She runs it for a little while, but we can see the handwriting on the wall. She misses her friends and her maid job. Her late spouse has a grown son, and Mickey suggests that he should be the one to run his dad's company. Mickey is still sad about being widowed, but we know she'll get over it. That Mickey's so pure. The plot of the second part of this episode sort of reminds me of the entire Anna Nicole Smith marriage thing, if you remember that from like 30 years ago. I do remember that from 30 years ago. Yeah, we're like 20-something... Anna Nicole Smith married like a 90-year-old billionaire, and then he kicks the bucket like a year later, and suddenly, you know, since she's married to him, she's in charge of his assets and whatnot. This sort of sounds a little like that, but Mickey has more of a heart than Anna Nicole Smith because Mickey was willing to give the company to the kid, and Anna Nicole Smith 
well, if you remember, I believe it dragged out in court for a long time. Yeah, uh, it's like it's like it's like I was saying, Mickey. Uh, for all the sitcoms failings, Mickey just absolutely is a darling. She is such a darling. Episode 10, The Super. Jay's videotape of a private moment accidentally destroys the Super's marriage. You know what to do here, Greg. Oh, geez, this isn't going to end well. Oh, yeah. Episode 11, Am I Blue? Jay's new invention, an instant tanning solution, has one small flaw. I'm guessing it turns your skin blue. And if so, then salute your shorts definitely ripped off this plot. Well, this reminds me of a plot from a different Strokes episode, I believe from around this time, maybe a little bit before, maybe a little bit after, where Dana Plato's character washes her hair in rain and it turns green because the rain was acid rain. Ew. Well, it's a concern. It's a legitimate concern from back in the 80s. That is a legitimate concern, all right. Episode 12, Mickey's T-shirt. Sorry, it just felt right. Anyway, Mickey's T-shirt. Mickey convinces David's client to drop a lawsuit against Jay, but the client insinuates Mickey did more than just talk. Yeah. I I, I got nothing, except maybe a t-shirt. Episode 13, Sexiest Bachelor. Ooh! Didn't even wait that time. When Jay is named one of New York's hottest bachelors, Mickey changes his thought of punk in an effort to prove the unimportance of the title. Because that'll work. I can't he, see her being punk. I'm sorry. No, no. It's like she's a very G-rated punk. It's like, yeah, I'm a punk star. A she's very wholesome. Is, the word is wholesome. That's what you're looking for. She's a very wholesome person. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Episode 14, Mickey's Misconception. Claudia thinks she's found Mickey's diary. She reads it and thinks that Claudia wants to have a baby with David. Really? Really? I mean, we all thought we all thought of we all thought about getting with our coworkers, but really? Episode 15, Mickey's poster. Da- oh god. Oh. Da- Jay and David's failing cookie business takes off when they include a poster of Mickey in each pa- package. That's yeah. wrong in so many ways. It is. Yeah. And I bet you isn't a picture of Mickey wiping down the counter or or cleaning the grime out of the shower. She's wearing a bikini. <laughs> yeah. Episode 16, The Other Tucker. David's upset when Mickey encourages his brother to ditch a law school interview for an acting audition. Oh, no. Yeah, that, it, it, yeah, um, uh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, another two-parter. Episode 17, The Breakup. Mickey and David explore their feelings woo, after he splits with Claudia. And oh. this is sort of the official point where Stephanie Kramer gets written off the show. She's like, I've had enough of this shit. Anyway. I'm going to work with Fred Dreyer. <laughs> right? Have my have my theme song written by Mike Post. But then we get to the second part of the episode, right, Chico? Yes, we do. David realized he loves Claudia, but makes the mistake of telling her about his feelings for Mickey. <gasps> No, 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 no. 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 He, blew, he blew it. 
He's now now Stephanie Kramer's definitely going on to work for the LAPD with Fred Dreyer. Have her theme song written by Mike Post and be produced supervisorly by Joe Swirling Jr. Episode 19. Miss Mom. A new friend abandons her baby with Mickey, who quickly grows attached to the infants. Because Mickey's Mickey's just this mom figure. It's so cute. Oh my god. Yeah, she wants to be a, a motherly figure. That's nice. Mm-hmm. But sadly, I think it's probably going to go about as well as it did for Booch in that one episode of Boys Will Be yeah. Boys. Yeah. She's no she's no Randy Heller, I'll tell you that much. Nice callback there. Thank you. Episode 20, The Fight. David and Jay fight over their relationship with Mickey. Because, of course they do. You get two single horny bachelors. You get two single bachelors with a beautiful woman in the picture. Next thing you know, stuff goes down. No, you had it right the first time. Then you stopped yourself mid-sentence. Two horny bachelors. Okay. Episode 21. A page in David's life. David's beloved new girlfriend is on a quest to remake him, including severing his ties to Mickey and Jay. Oh, uh, no. No. That's, no, don't do that. That's not gonna... No. That... that No. That's... No. Paige might be, in this case, Hillary Farr, credited as Hillary LeBeau. Hmm. Unfortunately, IMDb does not... Give her a character name because, like I said, this may not have been rerun or seen since it originally aired back in 1984. Well, give me and, and hold up. And, and sadly, believe it or not, this is the last credit in Hillary LeBeau's IMDb. Oh. Uh, oh. Actually, and I, take, I like actually, oh, hold on. Actually, I take that back. That her is her last acting credit in her IMDb. Uh, looks like she's gone on to uh, be a host uh, of a TV show called Love It or List It, which sounds like is probably something that I know is, that show. Yeah, it sounds like an HGTV show. It is an HGTV show. So yeah, she's been on Love It or List It for uh, looks like about eleven or twelve years. And she guested on today uh, four times since uh, 2015. And so she's done some other stuff since then, just not acting. Yeah. So now we know who the page in David's life is, but it doesn't last because, of course, it doesn't. And now we go to the season finale, and by and by this point, uh, we're about to ship. We got it made over the Saturdays. Uh, Mickey makes the grade. Mickey's excitement over earning her GED turns to panic when her teacher ridicules her first assignment. So that's the end of the episode guide, unfortunately, because season two. We've only been able to find one capsule for one episode of that second season, and that was actually the eighth episode of season two, On the Ropes. And the only thing noticeable about it is the Glow Girls, and if you remember, the Glow Girls were a big thing back in the late 80s, and they still are because of the uh, the Netflix series. The Glow Girls, Hollywood and Vine, played by Jeannie Marie Bassone and Janet Bowers, take on David Tucker. So there was a wrestling episode. Oh yeah. Uh, if we can find that, um, we're gonna we're gonna do like a live episode of it. There, there you go. Please don't but find you know, it. Please but don't you find know. it. Please don't find it. I'm sorry. Uh, I found I found a I found an episode guide. Oh, you did. Uh, from Google, it's a very bare bones episode guide, but yeah, it it charts the uh, season two syndicated, where we have just 
Jay and David and Mickey, but that's pretty much it because we have an instant family. Oh, look, that's the first episode. Instant family. Mickey poses as David's wife to impress a client. That's not weird. No. The Three Faces of Mickey is episode two. Hypnosis leaves Mickey with three personalities. Oh no, it's Sybil. <laughs> yeah. Episode three, and David makes three. David thinks Mickey and Jay are having an affair. Oh no. I'm, sen- I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> Uh, episode four, Mickey meets Mr. Wright. The guys try to save Mickey from a two-timing bow. Episode five, Hello, Dolly. The guys think Mickey is moonlighting as a madam. What? (laughs) Oh, no. Episode six, Prisoner of Love. Jay and Mickey think David's new love is a burglar. Who writes this crap? (laughs) Episode 7, we already talked about. Try and keep up. Episode 8, The Naked Truth. Jay demonstrates his new invention at a nudist camp. Oh. Yeah, this is stuff that should be airing at primetime. It starts at 7.30. This is really family type of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we get to see America's ass's ass. Uh, and also, we should note that uh, if you heard what I said earlier about the uh, On the Ropes episode, I saw it as episode eight. Obviously, where Chico sees it, it's episode seven. So please don't write us saying, hey, you said episode eight and Chico said episode seven. Yeah. Episode nine, Man Around the House. Fire David mopes at home, irritating Mickey and Jay. Episode 10, Christmas show. It's a clip show, basically. We've reached the clip show. Gang reminisces at Christmas time. Yay. Episode 11, A Dog's Life. Mickey loses a puppy belonging to Jay's investor. Mickey just is involved in babies and puppies and madams and... Did we mention how cute it was? Yeah. Next. Save the last dance for me. Jay thinks David is a Chippendale dancer. Oh, jeez. It's all about the nudity. It's all about the TNA and and other things. Yeah, great Prime stuff. Prime time starts at 7.30. <laughs> yeah, great stuff at 7.30, guys. Oh, episode 13. Mickey times two. Mickey's lookalike cousin shows up at the apartment. Oh, yeah, because of course there's got to be a lookalike cousin entering into this now. Because that hasn't been done. Yeah, I think we're just going through all the tropes, and that's just going to be season two. That's exactly Uh, it. We're we're just covering every sitcom trope at this point. Okay, episode 14, Fatal Distraction. Jay thinks a jilted woman is stalking David, because of course he does. I mean, this is Jay we're talking about. And this is also around the time of Fatal uh, Attraction. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Episode 15, Jay's on the roof. Mickey and David think Jay has six weeks to live. No, that's just we've got it made. <laughs> Wait for it! <laughs> Good night, everybody! Episode 16. Oh, foreshadowing, ladies and gentlemen. Centerfold Mickey. David and Max Sr. thinks Mickey is posing nude. Again, more TNA for the 7.30 crowd. I mentioned that Terry Copley was in an issue of Playboy before she became born again. No. Because that's important. 
Episode 17, Confidence Man. Jameis understands Mickey's attempts to help David. Because, again, of course he does. Episode 18, Not for Love or Money. Sorry if you've heard this one. A wealthy man proposes to Mickey. What? The guys invest, but mostly the wealthy man proposing to Mickey thing. All the tropes. Even some tropes from season one. Episode 19. La Vie en Jay. Jay falls for a stunning French woman. Yeah. Yeah, we're grasping at straws now, I think. We are are indeed grasping at straws. By the way, that was part one of a two-parter. Part two is episode 20. Mickey and David try to save Jay from Colette. Because that's what you do when your best friend is involved with a French woman. You try and save her. Episode 21. Four loves have I. Mickey receives letters from a secret admirer. And check. Episode 22. Mickey pursues the mugger who took her locket. In Crime Busters. Episode 23. Temporary Mickey. David grabs the wrong tape to show to a client. And the final episode, Video Mickey, because it's 1987 and we haven't had an MTV reference yet and we're starting to feel ashamed. Mickey becomes a TV host with the guys as guests. Man, this sucked. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, just going through you know basic bare bones recaps of the shows. Yuck! I mean, th- this is a dog written all over it. I mean, I know the 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 TV review I mentioned earlier basically said as much, but yeah, it, it's so bad that at the prime time at seven thirty sl- slot, let's just show wait, TNA wait, down wait. everybody's throats. But but look, but I found an even more detailed uh, episode guide, which has season two. And uh, going back to all of this stuff, uh, the, th- the three phases of Mickey had Mickey as a torch singer, a shrew, and a temp- and a temptress. Yeah, that can't end well with those two guys. Yeah. Mickey meets Mr. Wright, has Mickey falling in love with a bartender played by Lee McCloskey. Uh, Video Mickey has uh, her boss played by Jerry Hauser of uh, uh, future installment the, the Brady's. Prisoner of Love, David falls in love with Brenda Strong. Uh, we talked about on the ropes. Try and keep up. Uh, Naked Truth. Uh, his persre- his uh, Jay's prospective client was played by Frank Bonner. Oh, Frank Bonner from WKRP. Mm-hmm. The, the Chippendales appear as themselves in Save the Last Dance for Me. Um. Fatal distraction. Um, uh, the uh, the distraction was played by Greta Blackburn. No, she is. And centerfold Mickey was just a bad case of foreshadowing. Uh, and La Vie Oh God! You know who played Colette in La Vie Who? Claudia Christian. Who the hell is Claudia Christian? You don't know who Claudia Christian is. No. You've never seen Babylon 5. I never watched Babylon 5. I'm Mike, sorry. Have you seen Babylon 5? You're talking to a person who doesn't like sci-fi. I'm sorry, Carl. I didn't watch Babylon 5. 
Oh, jeez. I'm the only one here who's ever seen Babylon 5, apparently. Love Babylon 5. That's your wings. That's why. <laughs> okay, thank you for throwing in those special guests in some of the episodes, Chico. Uh, there's two things I want to mention. Uh, one is, gosh, NBC tried their damnedest to make this a, a watchable show, or at least, uh, as we mentioned in previous episodes, the NBC promotions machine was just constantly in gear because the entire cast made an appearance, as we mentioned back in an early episode, they were on the 1983 NBC Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. But then uh, we get to 1984, and there were at least four people from the show on, again, entry number one, the Match Game Hollywood Squares Hour. They had Terry Copley and Tom Villard and Bonnie Urseth and Matt McCoy. Stephanie Kramer didn't uh, make it to Match Game Hollywood Squares. Probably because she knew what kind of uh, piece of crap show this was going to be. Yeah, yeah, probably because she was in negotiations to go on Hunter. So you can't say that NBC didn't try making this show something, given that you know the the, the crew had a whole block on a Thanksgiving Day parade singing, and they were on for an entire week of Match Game Hollywood Squares. Well, guys, one thing I want to mention is. Do you know when we got it made aired in the fall of 1983 initially? Uh, Thursdays at 8.30. Yeah, I mentioned earlier. No, 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 no. No, yes, 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 yes. No, no. It aired Thursdays at 9. Oh. I mentioned earlier earlier it aired before Cheers, and you had sort of the, the dumb show and the good show, you know, trying to, like, counteract each other in some weird capacity yes because yes but the notable thing is okay when we got it made was take it off at nine o'clock what filled its spot at nine o'clock i don't know uh would that have been uh the duck factory no okay it was cheers really because thursdays at nine Think on NBC. Think about it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I, mean, I was thinking. I was thinking that Cheers was following. We got it made in the fall of '83. Yeah, nope. because after Cheers would have been Buffalo Bill, and then eventually the Duck Factory. Yeah. Yes, and then Night Court. Well, Night Court replaced the Duck Factory. We talked about that on a previous episodes. Because yes. Night Court was originally on Wednesday nights. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. So. As beginning of the fall, it was we got made at nine, cheers at nine thirty. Then after we got made, it was taken off the schedule. Cheers was at Thursdays at nine, which it pretty much remained until nineteen ninety three when it ended. So basically, for about I'd say a good nine years, and and of course, following Cheers, what replaced it? Seinfeld, and you know who was on Seinfeld? Matt McCoy. And now you know the rest of the story. Yeah, everything is cyclical. Uh, and also, we should say, after uh, Thursday nights, it moved to Saturday nights, and we know it happens to TV shows in, on Saturday nights. Yep. And that move was in January of 1984. Uh-huh. But, hey, guys, that's not all, because guess what? We got a round of eBay prices right! guys up for bids now and this is a buy it now where you can make a best offer we have a script from we got it made really in fact in fact not just any episode the pilot episode oh and it's in okay condition uh looks like there's a little bit of tape on the left hand side that that's some sort of sticker it looks like it's for uh it just says the name of the show, we got it made, and it mentions uh, the creators that we mentioned earlier, the FARs. And there's a little tear at the top of the script, but otherwise looks like it's in pretty decent condition for being you know, almost 40 years old at this point. 
And I will start with Greg. How much would uh, do you think this script is going for on eBay? Not how much you'd pay for it, but how much do you think this script is going for? I would say about $55. All right, $55. Chico. I would pay uh, Buck Betty. <laughs> but, but it's not necessarily how much you'd pay for it. It's how much do you think it's going for? I think it's going for uh, $15. Okay, that's a big gap there. $15 for Chico, $55 for Greg. And the buy it now price, if you want this script from the pilot of We've Got It Made, $75. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. $75, buy it now, but you can always make a best offer. A buck fitty. I think you're right about that. A buck Philly isn't about as much as I pay for this. Well, guys, I got my own entry for eBay prices right for you guys. All right. Okay, you ready? Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. It is a a photo from We Got It Made, and it's titled Matt McCoy, Smiling Portrait, We Got It Made, Original 1983 NBC TV Photo. Now, I want you to guess the buy it now price, so then I will go starting with Mike. Well, I'm going to disqualify myself because I probably saw it when I was researching the script. So So, so, play clock game with Chico. Yeah, so we're going to play the clock game. So hold on one second. Let me get my stopwatch. I I got got a clock up. Don't worry about it. Okay, go ahead. All right. And the clock will begin when Chico gives his first bid. Uh, twenty dollars. Higher. Thirty dollars. Lower. Twenty-one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Seven. Higher. Uh, twenty-seven fifty. Higher. Twenty-seven sixty. Higher. Twenty-seven seventy. Higher. Twenty-seven eighty. Higher. Twenty-seven ninety-nine. You got it, got it. You got it right under the buzzer. Oh, nailed it! Just like he planned. That total that was not scripted, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I was watching the clock thirty seconds, and uh, right when the uh, the clock hit the thirty second mark, uh, I I buzzed him, and he got in right under that. Yep. Well, guys. We got it made. What can we say about it? I know what I can say about it. It was the thing on TV. Oh, we're not I, even going to have a description. We're just going to say it. It was a thing on TV. It not was a thing on TV. much more need be said. You can't spell it was a thing on TV without T and A. Mm-hmm. It was a thing on TV. Okay, you can't really say and, but if there's an ampersand, well... There's a T and an A. That's all that matters. Mm. Well, anywho, don't forget, you can always go to our website. It was the thing on TV.com. We've got every past episode there. We've got links to our social media, including the Discord server. Please feel free to drop us a line, send us an email, send us a message. Tell send us, us pictures of Tom Villard. Or Matt McCoy. Or Matt McCoy. Don't listen to either of them. Uh yeah, f- uh, feel free to email us, give us your comments, give us suggestions. We love hearing from you guys. And as always, don't forget, like and subscribe and rate and review. Uh, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and wherever you get your, your podcast from. And also, as always, don't forget to share. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a parent, tell somebody who will listen because sharing is caring. And by the way... Five stars or just email us telling what your problem is. Yeah. Yeah, because if we go below four and a half stars, the bus is going to blow up. (laughs) Yeah, Dennis Hopper is really going to mess our lives if if we don't get five star reviews. Yeah, and and if we don't get five star reviews, we'll never be able to do the spinoff podcasts. It was a thing at the movies and it was a thing at the arcade. Or it was a thing at the breakfast table. Exactly. Until next week. Oh, next week we have a timely episode and one that we've really been eager to talk about. Next week, 
specifically the latter episode. That one, I think we're going to have a, a, a deep dive into. That, that like one's going to be a dives. really fun. Yeah, that one's going to be a really fun episode. The first episode is going to be fun, too. But uh, as always, two excellent episodes are going to be coming your way starting on the 15th of June. But until then, please enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Chico. Thank you to Greg. And thank you, Mike. Oh, that's me. We'll talk to you very soon with two more installments of It Was a Thing on TV. Row! Ugh, Mr. Rogers, I almost forgot that that suit did nothing for your ass. No one asked you to look, Tony. It's ridiculous. I think you look great, Cap. As far as I'm concerned, that's America's ass. That is America's ass.